Hello and welcome back to the HFFL pod. Boys, things are quiet. Things are kind of down. The fellas don't seem to have a lot of juice. So I think we need to spice this up. Uh, I, got a, I got a little idea here. Something that I actually heard um, on a podcast I was watching, gosh, or listening to, I should say. It wasn't too long ago. Um, we're going to start doing an annual manager ranking. <clears throat> Not how you're going to do this year, but how are you specifically as an owner? Uh, so this is episode 107. Hard to believe we've had that many. And this is the 18th year of the HFFL. That is just astounding to me that we are into the HF 18th year. But here we are. Um, so basically what I'm going to do here is I'm going to make these every year. And I'm going to, you know, I, I say that I'll use the same methodology, but I always change things up. It just never is the same year over year. Um, but basically this is, uh, this is something different. This is personal. It's about you, like I said. You're a good manager. Do you suck? Um, this is obviously very scientific. <clears throat> We're going to go with seven metrics this year. Uh, career win percentage, career championships, your win percentage in a three-year window, your points for average in a three-year window, and if you've had any championships in that three-year window. And then obviously the most important factor and the most heavily, heavily weighted of all these metrics is the it factor. So what is the it factor? Well, first and foremost, are you likable? Does the league enjoy you? Do you have a good time? <clears throat> are you a good time? Or are you a troll? You always out mess around with people. You know, you're not exactly uh, approachable. You know, that kind of thing. Um, are you willing to negotiate a trade? Or are you the type of guy who you see an offer, you don't like it, you decline, you don't respond, nothing comes of it? Um, are you active on the waiver wire? Do you draft well? Do you have a plan? Do you actually execute your plan? Or do you jump back and forth and within a month you've <clears throat> bought and sold multiple players and, and chasing your tail going in a circle, things that I historically have always done. Um, some of you are going to be upset with your ranking, and uh, for that I say get over it, be better, stop being a dick, win more, um, talk more, negotiate more, uh, just, you know, be better. Uh, like I said, <clears throat> this has nothing to do with how I think you're going to do this year. Um, I will do a preseason poll, I plan on having that out uh, in the next couple weeks here, and uh, for eligibility for this specific ranking, the manager ranking, I need three years of data. So sorry Dave, sorry Corey, sorry Rico, Corey Hagerman. Um, Corey, you're going to be eligible next year for this. Rico, you took over in the middle of a year, so you'll be eligible in 2025 because, uh, like I said, he took over for Sam mid-year there. And then, Dave, you'll be eligible for this in 2026. So here we go. All right. The single – let me get this up here – single worst owner in the HFFL is Walt. Come on now. Come on now. Everybody knew it. It's not like it's a question. The guy has 100 losses to his name. He's the first person with 100 career losses. He's been in here in, in the league in 12, for 12 years. He's a 28% win percentage over those 12 years. He's averaging 9.4 losses per year. That is insanity. So in fairness to Walt, though, he is mid-pack in win percentage and points for here in the last four, three years, excuse me. Um, but he has yet to turn that into a playoff performance. So um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Walt has only made the playoffs once in his 12 years here in the HFFL, and it was his first year, and he took over from a team that had just won the championship, won it, and walked away. We call that the Mike Hill dream. Uh, so Walt's obviously desperate for a playoff berth. Um, you've seen that by his trades, really, the last few years. Um, he is doing everything he can to, to win. Like he, He's making moves. He's trading his first for players. You know, he's trying to get after it. But his, his execution of his plan... Is, is, uh, has been, um, it's struggled, right, to, to say it charitably. He has struggled with executing 
this plan. Um, you know, trading for for Daryl Henderson, trading for Alan Lazard. You know, those haven't worked out. Obviously, this year he went for big names. He got Christian McCaffrey. Um, he got uh, George Pickens. So he's at least traded his picks this time for big time players. Um, but that said, you know, with this uh, the it factor, right? Walt is lovable. There, I, I don't know anybody in the league that doesn't absolutely love Walt. The WBL segment is legendary. I think I speak for everyone, including Sexy Kel, that we all want WBL to bring back a segment this year. So I'm really hoping, I'm pulling for you, Walt. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that you get that done, bring that w, WBL back. And like I said, you know, in the offseason of Walt, which was now two years ago, um, I truly do root for Walt. Like, if it's not going to be me, I want it to be him. I want him to get in. I want him to have a chance here. Like, he is, he is quickly becoming the, the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions of our league. Like, everybody's pulling for him. We all, you know, if it can't be us, why not him? So, but, you know, somebody's got to be last, and that's just, that's just the way it is. So now that we got the obvious out of the way, we're going to get to the nitty-gritty, and this is where some feelings are going to be hurt here. So the second worst owner currently in the HFFL is Mike Hill. Oof, I can feel the sting. He's, he's angry. He's going, to be, uh, he's going to be trolling the chat here. So Mike's been in for 13 HFFL seasons. Uh, career-wise, he's mid-pack in his win percentage. He's also mid-pack in his win percentage of the last three years. Um, but he is 10th in those three years in points four. So one of the things that I've said about Mike, <clears throat> I used to say it in the preseason polls all the time. I don't know if I've said it in a couple years here, but Mike is literally the HFFL's version of Josh Fisher. And his win-loss truly shows that. I mean, this is a guy who is like almost identically exactly 500 over 13 seasons like it's just insane um as far as like having a plan right that it factor does he have a plan uh mike has a plan and his plan is to trade his picks for productive veterans and cobble together a team using the waiver wire to put himself at the playoffs doorstep um he's been doing that he's been in that range i mean he had a run from 2014 to 2019 where he made the playoffs in five out of six he did make it to a title game in 2014 he did lose to kobe Uh, that was his only appearance but mike's teams are always the team one, he gets hurt a ton, and he'll be the first to tell you that. But his team always is just seems like it's close, but not quite there. Like the ceiling just isn't quite there for Mike. Um, <clears throat> and obviously, you know, him having this this team with this limited ceiling, it just it just limits him, right? And but it's by his own doing. Um, obviously, not having a championship definitely hinders his score. It's kind of why he's lower, even though he is been middle of the pack with his record. Um, and the if factor, the if factor is, is a little low because Mike likes to play the heel. Like he's always stirring the pot. He's always trying to get things going. Like for today, you know, don't worry about Jameson Williams. Let's worry about the legal issue with Amonra St. Brown. Like that's not a great example. Um, but he is, uh, he's like the, the Terrell Owens of our league, right? He loves me some me. So obviously that doesn't always sit well with everybody, but Mike loves it. He wants to be the heel. He tries hard to be the heel. Um, but obviously that comes at a cost and it, it cost him here in his, uh, his it score. <clears throat> All right, number nine is Julian. Julian is in his fifth year here in the HFFL. Um, he's sitting at a well above average career winning percentage. He's been mid-pack in win percentage over the last three years. Um, he's got two playoff berths in the last three years here. Um, but So why is he so, so low, right? Uh, Julian has the lowest it factor in all of the HFFL. I mean, let's be real. Tie gate last year, right? Everybody in the league expects things like that from Kobe. That's who Kobe is. But nobody expected anybody else to, to sell their soul and, and join Kobe, and that's what happened, and Julian did that. Um, and now he's, he's, he fucked around, and now he's finding out. 
know, the league has kind of shut him out. He's not able to really talk trades with anybody. Nobody's really, really going back and forth with him. He and I were talking about this the other day. You know, he's just like, <clears throat> damn, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be like this. But it is what it is, you know, and, and it's not a good look. Uh, you know, obviously the fantasy gods spoke. You know, the, the boys got the, the, the buy they wanted, and they both got knocked out right away. So, you know, now nobody's willing to work with them. Justice was served. Um, I do think that this will pass. I think the league will eventually rise. You know, he'll, he'll rise above this, you know, and eventually he'll be able to, to kind of get back into talking trades with everybody, making lots of moves with everybody, which I'm sure he will once the, thing, the bullets get flying here this year and everybody's looking out for themselves. But, but as of today, this guy's blacklisted. Number eight, the doctor, Uncle Brendan. Uncle Brandon's played seven seasons. The doctor is buoyed by his it factor, though. Let's be real. The guy is an absolute legend on the pod. Kobe uh, would always tell me, hey, I'm, I don't listen to many pods, but if Brendan's on that pod, I will be there. If Kellen's on that pod, I will listen. Because um, obviously nobody knows what the drunk doctor's going to say. We have no idea where he's going to go. Um, obviously this has made him beloved league-wide. The milk bag body comment is just legendary. It's, it's uh, one of those things that, that hasn't been topped in many ways. Um, but that said, his on-field performance just hasn't been good. Um, he's never been to the playoffs. He has a below-average, a league-average win percentage. He's even worse in his three-year win percentage, um, though he does have an above-average .4 over the last three, so he has had a little bad luck there. Um, but his ick factor does take a hit because he loves to draft running backs high, and he has not had a great hit rate with those running backs. Um, David Montgomery, I think you can consider that a hit. I think he took him at 103. Um, but J.K. Dobbins and Clyde have absolutely killed him. Um, and those were two guys I think he took one and two. So, you know, I can hear him now. <clears throat> oh, look at the team I started with. This was awful. Blah, 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 blah. Like, but the excuse just, it doesn't work anymore. Jeff and Kellen were both in that dispersal draft. Um, and those dispersal draft came from players that were from the, the three teams that were absolutely the worst in league history up to that point. And they've both won championships now from that. So that, that excuse just ain't cutting anymore. So you got to be better, doctor. You got to be better. <clears throat> I mean, you are a freaking doctor. So let's get it done here. Number seven, Corey Stevens. Corey has been in the league for six seasons. Um, he is the first of three HFFL owners who have an absolutely perfect it factor score in my model here. So he's really active in chat. He consumes more fantasy content than anybody not named Uncle Jeff, right? This guy's drinking on the pod is absolutely legendary. Um, go, when he went through his pregame routine, I mean, it is, it is the stuff of legends. It is still talked about um, in, in league circles. So... But, you know, in his, act, his it factor probably should take a dip because he did break the plan last year. You know, he's, he'd been working on this rebuild, right, which is why a lot of his three-year metrics are low. He'd been working on this rebuild for three, four years, and he kind of sold out of it a little bit, you know, to, to go for the title right now. You know, the, he couldn't quite, couldn't quite wait for the fruit to come to him. He had to kind of try to go get it. Made the deal where he gave Amon Ra for Allen Robinson. You know, he traded a, a quite a bit there with Pitts and Pittman for Kelsey last year going after it. Um, you got to respect him going after it, but the impatience, I think, did did lower and, and shorten his window. But we'll see. I mean, if he gets a, a championship or two out of it, then it's all worth it. It doesn't really matter in the end here. So so how does he get, like I said, how does he get perfect in one area, but he's not even in our top five? Well, he just hasn't gotten, gotten it done. 30% career win rate. Um, he is 10th in win percentage, 9th in points four over the last three years. Now, obviously, you know, that, that data is skewed. In 2020, he absolutely tanked his ass off. Um, but this is the data set we're working with, and that's how this goes here. So, But he has made the playoffs in two straight. He did have a shot at a title, which will obviously go down as probably the craziest championship week ever. Um, I certainly know that I, I think I speak for everybody when I say hope, we hope this never happens again. Um, it was just, you couldn't, you literally couldn't ride it. Like, it was crazy. 
Um, <clears throat> but Corey's a blast to have in the league. Um, you, you literally don't know what he's going to say or what he's going to do. Um, and I, th I think that he has built a legendary persona in the HFFL. And he's one of those guys that if he wins the title, like it's going to be watch out. This guy is going to be on another level. So should be interesting. Number six, we have Rich. <clears throat> Rich has played 12 seasons in the HFFL. Uh, he's the first owner in this ranking, though, who is kind of buoyed by his history, right? Um, he's been in mid-pack. He's got an over 50% career win rate. I think he's right about 53%. Um, but he has been dead last in win percentage and .4 in the last three years. Um, he does only have two career playoff appearances, but he was able to bring home the ship in 2018. And obviously, if you win a championship, that does cover a lot of, Ill, a lot of ills, right? Um, he does have a very solid it factor score. I mean, he literally has everything in a sheet. Everything is on a heat map. Like, he has, he takes the data to another level. I don't think there's anyone in this league who, who worries, not worries, but who uses the data to their benefit, really, or you know, uses the data, I should say, as a whole. Um, but a lot of people, you know, you'll hear some eye rolls, right? You'll hear some eye rolls about the data. Maybe there's a little paralysis by analysis. You know, sometimes something myself I always, always struggle with there. So he's been a pod mainstay. He's always bringing heavy analysis on a matchups. You know, I, I personally really enjoy that. Um, I know a couple other people just make the goddamn pick, you know, so I think he's got a little bit of that knocking down his it factor. But to me, you know, the guy has made a plan. His it factor is what it is because he made a plan. He stuck to it. He's not cutting out early. This is kind of like Scott uh, when Scott first came into the league. Scott took three, four years there where he basically just shit the bed intentionally and made all these moves he could to, make, to get picks and accumulate assets. And then he built a team that won a championship. And I, I feel like Rich is kind of in year three of that model. So for Scott, I want to say it was the fifth year, maybe the sixth of that model. So it should be interesting to see. All right, so the next four owners, <clears throat> they're literally separated by four points overall in, the, in this ranking system. So uh, number five here is Scott. Scott's been in the league for 11 years, four playoff appearances, two chances at a championship. He was able to bring it home in 2020. Um, he does have an above-average career win percentage. He does have an above-average uh, win percentage in the last three years and in his points four. Um, he's got one playoff berth in this, this three-year data set here, and then he did win the title in 2020. Obviously, that does, definitely helps because at the end of the day, that's what we're playing for here. Um, Scott is the second owner on the list with a perfect it factor score. Um, he's consistently traded with pretty much everybody in the league. Historically, he's drafted well. He's very knowledgeable. Um, he does have a pod for his own league, his own home league. You know, so he, this is a guy who is able to articulate uh, what it is that he wants to say and how he feels. Um, he's well liked by the majority of the HFFL owners, um, and he's had foresight. Um, you know, he's been one of the guys who's been able to see and expose, you know, different loopholes like the DB scoring. Um, things like that. He's, he's always, always a guy that I know when a rule change comes up or, I mean, frankly, I make a comment on the pod or in chat or whatever, and he comes to me and he'll say, hey, you know, this, I see what you're saying, but here's the flip side. Here's the other side of this. Um, so, I, and I have a lot of respect for that personally. Um, I, I like to, to be told that I'm wrong. I like to be challenged and, and make me think a little bit, and he does that. So um, I think that he is one of those guys in the HFFL that we're all lucky to have and one of the guys who's well-respected around the league. Number four, Ryan, gay boy. So Ryan is one of two, him, him and myself, we're the only, the only OGs left. We both played the full 17 seasons that have happened here. Um, he did win a title in 06 and 08, um, but he is another team, kind of like Rich, that is buoyed by that history. You know, obviously him having two ships, 
you know, he's a little ahead of Rich here. He does have 11 playoff appearances in those 17 years. He does have the third best all-time record behind only Kobe and myself. Um, he's been a great owner, uh, he ha- and he's been decent lately. He's fourth in win percentage over the last three. He's mid-pack in points four, um, but sadly he only got one playoff berth out of that, and he did uh, lose right out there. So, And he also lost to me in the championship in 2019. Still stings, I'm sure. But... Um, Ryan has, like I said, an, an average it factor. Hey, can I get to you in a minute? Sorry, minor interruption there. Um, <clears throat> where was I at here? So Ryan, like I said, has been good recently. He did lose to me in the ship. want to make sure I reiterate that. Sucks dick, Ryan. Um, but he does have uh, right about a league average it factor uh, when all the scores are, are added up and, and divided here. He's right about league average. Historically, he's been a good drafter. He's been a very consistent winner. Um, but his communication during trades has never really been strong. Um, he's always one of those guys where I'll get a deal, you know, whether that's here, Waffle, wherever. He's like, I just don't understand. And it's like, dude, you got to seek out the conversations. You know, if someone sends you an offer, they're telling you who they like. Like the offer may be shit, but they're giving you information. You got to take that information and run with it. Um, but Ryan just doesn't really like to negotiate. He doesn't like to work through all of that, um, which has kind of hurt his it factor. And I also, I also love the, the you got to go get your guy, you know. That's, that's Ryan to a T there. All right, number three, the, the real OG, the real gay boy, Jim. Uh, so I've been in the league 17 years, made the playoffs 15 times, been to the ship seven times, but I've only gotten it done once, uh, 2019, beating Ryan. want to make sure, make sure everybody knows that was Ryan. Um, I do have, you know, the, the highest career uh, team win percentage. Like I said, Kobe was second. Um, I've got the highest team win percentage over the last three years, the most points for over the last three years, and yet, you know, and I've made the playoffs in the last three years. Only Kellen and Jeff can say that. But having all that said, like, I'm a chode, right? Regular old boner. I just can't get it done. You know, I'm one of those guys, as Scott stated very well, um, I think I'm the smartest guy in the room, right? I, I have as many championships as Zach Wedge and Greg, you know, both of whom beat me in the championship as a six seed, both of whom have sub-500 records. Like, I've got all these quote-unquote accolades, but no actual championship, no gusto, nothing that shows that any of that means anything, right? Um, obviously, this year is no, probably no different. You know, you turn around, you trade Christian McCaffrey, the best player in fantasy football, you know, on the hope that you keep your window open, but you kill your high end this year, you kill probably kill your chance at a championship, and, but that's, you know, that's the game that I've played, that's... That's why I've been in the playoffs 15 out of 17 years, but never been able to quite get over the hump. So, you know, I guess some of us, uh, we like to be invited to the dance, but never actually go dancing, right? All right. This is kind of where it all comes down, right? This is what everybody's been waiting for. Number two. Obviously, if you know number two, you're going to know number one. Number two is... The Caveman, Uncle Jeff, the number two owner in the HFFL currently. <clears throat> now, did you guys hear that? That was the sound of Jeff smacking his club on his rock. He jumped out of his chair. He hit his head on the top of his cave because he's pissed. I can hear him already. I'm the best team. I'm the current champion. I've been to the championship three straight times. This is bullshit. Okay? I understand what you're saying, Jeff. You've been in the league for seven years. You've certainly took over a horrible situation. And in those seven years, you've made a plan, right? Which is what I said I was looking for. Um, you had the second best record and points for over the last three years. You have the fourth best all-time record amongst current active owners. You know, you, you showed incredible timing with the Melvin Gordon and Galvin trades. 
I mean, you've definitely shown that you have a plan and you execute it, so why isn't Jeff number one? Well, the it factor, right? Jeff's about as delicate as a caveman speed dating, right? He just clubs everybody and drags them out with him. He's got no chill. He's nearly impossible to trade with. His, I mean, he, he has owners that he just outright hate as people. Like, it's not even anything to do with, I mean, it is something to do with fantasy football, but he just outright hates them. Like, it's just, he'll never even consider talking trades with these people. So, I mean, he's limiting himself to, you know, a, a two-thirds of the league that he would even have a conversation with. Uh, so that, that crushes the it factor. Um, but it should be noted that Jeff has drafted very well, and he did take over one of those franchises like I was talking about in that terrible dispersal draft. And he took that squad to a winning record in the second year, a playoff berth in the fourth year, a championship in the fifth, sixth, and seventh year, and then got it done in the seventh year. So I get, Jeff says I never give him credit. And like I said before, you know, Jeff, or Jeff has said, I should say, he's got the chat muted. So he's never even going to know that I said anything nice about him. Um, so he's probably still going to feel this way. You know, I'm just being a price of shit, and he's not going to really read anything here. So it is what it is. And then the number one owner. If you haven't figured it out by now, you probably won't. But the number one owner in this year's annual manager rankings is Kellen. Kellen is in his seventh season. So how, how is he better than Jeff, right? He's got a worse career win percentage. He's got a worse three-year and win percentage and points four. He's had one less playoff berth in that time. Or overall, excuse me. So how is he below him? It's the it factor, right? Kellen is the single most beloved owner in the HFFL. Like, everyone loves Kellen. And Kellen has made tons of smart moves. Like, he has done well to set himself up. I mean, he still has firsts and seconds lined up to keep himself potentially great for a long time while being a legitimate contender now. Obviously, he's got that goofy love he's got for Cooper Cup. Makes for great content. He's always pumping out podcasts uh, for his other leagues. He's always willing to do a podcast. He's always somebody you can chat with and negotiate trades with. You know, he's just he's set himself up to be a force, and he's, he's very well loved by his league mates. So uh, to me, it's very unsurprising that in this, this data set here that he ends up being you know, the number one team. So just for a little fun, um, the top three, like I had said, there are three perfects in it factor. It was, let me go back here, it was Corey Stevens, Scott, and Kellen. And then what else do I have on here that would be interesting to see? So the career win percentage of the active owners, um, I have the best career win percentage, then it's Ryan followed by the caveman, of again, of active owners. Uh, Three-year win percentage is myself, then let me go down here, ta -ta -ta -ta. myself, then Jeff, um, and then Kellen, um, and then that average points for over the last three years, myself at number one, Jeff at number two, and Kellen at number three. So, I mean, it, it does make sense that that is the top three in your, your system here, but those boys have gotten the ship in the past three years, and, and they deserve their ranking here. So, all right, appreciate you listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope this stirs up a little controversy, gives you something to listen to this weekend while you're out on your mowers. But talk to you fellas later, um, and I will get the preseason poll out to you shortly. Goodbye.